Welcome to Shofar Ronnebosch Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. I think things are going to get hot. It's going to get hot in here. I wanted to start with, in the beginning, there was Etienne Grunewald. There he is. Um, <laughs> of all the faces, he's the one I've known the longest uh, in this kind of family, if you can call it micro-family. Um, in 2006, we joined, uh, well, I joined Chauffeur Cape Town uh, in the City Bowl, and a few years later, actually 10 years ago, it's 10 years, eh? Is it 10 years? When we planted, when Rondebosch was planted. 10 years ago, Rondebosch was planted. Very exciting. Um, lots of great memories of, of, of a lot of things. I, uh, so my name's Andrew. I grew up in, in Cape Town. And uh, my mom is here, by the way, Nell. And, uh, and my wife is here. My children are at Children's Church. And uh, yeah, so I grew up, I didn't grow up in this area. We grew up in the, behind the Budovoschkordain in, uh, in Belleville. And, uh, but my family, a lot of my family has always been in this area. So it's special to be here, special to bring a word uh, yeah, that I really feel. I still, I'm just trusting God that, that he knows what he wants to do with his word. Um, I think sometimes you kind of feel like you don't have the whole message. And uh, that's, that's all right, because he can add the rest. Uh, so I know quite a lot of you, and then there's a lot that I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, it's just good to be here. Um, I want to play a video for you, and then I'll explain the video afterwards. But you can look in the video if you spot someone who is quite a significant person. I hope you like the Joburg city, (laughs) Joburg skyline. I wanna be there for that I want. 
spot anyone there? <laughs> More than willing. You've got, you've got to join me on the stage. Though. Um, this song, uh, Tuma Mina, uh, made headlines beginning of last year. Some people might know it. A lot of us probably don't know it. It's a song by Huma Sakela. And Tuma Mina just is Zulu for Send Me. And uh, that chorus is actually, send me to the nations, I will go and pray. And uh, it's actually a, a, a song that, that Cyril Ramaphosa quoted at the end of the State of the Nation address, beginning of last year. Quite a significant time in our country, and quite a significant uh, statement to make. Uh, I was blown away by that video. It actually was sent, one of the girls in our worship team in Joburg, uh, she sent it through to us, and she said her aunt is actually part of, or she's a teacher in the Free State, and this was actually literally that week when she sent it, probably a month ago, it came out, that video. Uh, she was in the room when they had, like, it was the Department of Education for the Free State got together, and then this girl sang this song. Beautiful song. You can go and read the, the lyrics. But it's a struggle song. It's like a, one of the repertoire of the ANC, but powerful lyrics if you read it. Uh, I want to be there when things turn around, and uh, here I am, send me. Powerful, powerful words. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> I'm just going to pretty much touch a bit on Isaiah 6, and I'm so excited because a lot of the songs we sang were about God being high and lifted up, uh, and about God being our king. One of the, well, the, the little, like, spontaneous melody that came out was, Hallelujah, our King. And uh, we exalt thee as thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. And uh, it's just great. We're going to start with that. Uh, let's pray together. Yes, Father, we just thank you. Oh, Lord, we, we're just so grateful for who you are. We're so, we're so grateful for who you are, and we love you. And uh, thank you that you welcome us in to your presence. Thank you for your presence, God. We, you know, we just are overwhelmed when we think of you and, and how you love us. And we love you back, God. And we, I just pray, just come and drop a few gemstones here this morning. That we can just really hear your heart, hear your, hear your voice this morning. And see it in your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So Isaiah 6. I'm just going to read this, this portion of scripture, and then we'll touch on a few things. I'll try and keep it uh, as, uh, oops, sorry. as short as I can. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one, and, they, and one, another, one called to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, and I am a man of unclean lips." And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, 
having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. I heard a voice of the Lord, heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And then this is where it gets interesting. He says, Go and say to these people, Keep on hearing, but don't understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of these people dull and their eyes heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate place, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth tree or an oak whose stump remains. When its tree is felled, the holy seed is its stump. Um, just the first portion, I like to think of it as two kings. So there was King Uzziah who had died and in that same year Uzziah was spending time in the temple, so it's believed, and he saw the king, the king of glory. And uh, what's very interesting, just reading up a bit about Uzziah, very, very interesting. I, I'm suddenly fascinated with, uh, with the prophets in the Old Testament. And really just to kind of, I mean, off the bat, it's amazing to see how they're all very different to each other in personality and, and calling, and, but, they, but they've obviously got the gift of, of, the, of prophecy. Um, but Isaiah was actually a scribe in the king's court before he became a prophet. And this is actually the record of his commissioning or of his calling into uh, the ministry of the prophet. Um, interestingly enough, God, uh, Isaiah's name means God is salvation. And he lived about 742 years before Christ. He was actually well acquainted with Amos. He lived about 25 years, or he, his ministry kind of started 25 years after Amos's ministry. And some scholars kind of wonder if, they didn't, if he didn't learn from Amos, if Amos wasn't actually a teacher for him. It's interesting about the book of Isaiah. I don't know if you've read some of it, all of it. But uh, the first 39 chapters are chapters of judgment. And then the last 27 are chapters of hope and comfort. Uh, salvation, interestingly enough, appears 26 times in Isaiah. And only seven times in all the other prophets combined. It's very, very interesting. Now, King Isaiah, King Uzziah, he died. He had reigned for 52 years, uh, so long reign, mostly a godly reign. And in the end, it's actually an interesting story, he tried to take over the um, high, priestly's duty, high priest's duties, and he got leprosy, and he passed away. Isaiah saw the king of kings, who reigns eternal, above and above, over and above all monarchs, and outlasting them all. It kind of feels like 
why God gave him that vision? Well, for many reasons. But in a way, God just opened his eyes to see himself, the great God, the great king. In a time of transition, in a time of uncertainty, in Judah, so the king had just died, there was a transition happening. And I think many times in our lives, when we go through transitions, when you go through changes, this is actually what we need to see. And this is what God lots of the time graces us with. Just a vision of, of his majesty and he, how great he is. And the fact that he's in control and he's good. So, yeah. It, what's very interesting, uh, I didn't know this. Didn't know about the scripture in John 12. But there's a scripture in John 12 that actually says that the person of the Trinity that, that uh, Isaiah saw was Jesus on the throne in Isaiah 6. Uh, in John 12, verse 41, it says, Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said this. And uh, just before that was the whole last bit of this, Isaiah 6. Because he saw the future and spoke of the Messiah's glory. It's amazing. Amazing. Now, very interesting. Well, the seraphim... This is actually the only portion in Scripture that's about the seraphim. There's not much information about them, but we know that seraphim means to burn. Uh, but it is thought that they are the living creatures in, Rome, in Revelation 4, uh, in a very similar text, which we'll touch on just now. So seraphim means to burn. Interestingly, they had six wings, and they covered their eyes with two wings, their feet with two wings, and flew with two wings. And uh, we're going to get into the, what they proclaim now, but it's kind of thought that they're closing their eyes because of just the majesty of God, just the sheer majesty of God. And they're covering their feet because it's kind of symbolic for the dirtiest place on our body. Uh, you know, I don't know if anyone knows John Christ. He's a, he's a Christian, a Christian comedian, and he's actually very funny. And he's actually touring with a lot of the mainstream comedians in America. And uh, he had a, a joke the other day I saw where he was speaking about why the bride and the groom at a wedding want to wash each other's feet at the wedding. But he has this whole joke about, yeah, she's got beautiful feet, but when it comes to him, you know, and he describes the whole <laughs> taking off of the shoes and just like the... <laughs> anyway, it's quite funny. But um, so they're covering their feet and they're flying. Um, they're... Now, getting on to the next section, two responses. So there's two kings. There's the king Uzziah. And in a way, we can also just think like any human leader. Yeah, there will always be God that is higher. I, I, I was standing just at the back of your building just now and praying. And funnily enough, right in front of me was the king's blockhouse up on Devil's Peak. I was standing just here behind the, the dove cot. Yeah, dove cot. I learned that the other day. Didn't know. Yeah. Um, and just thinking, that's a man-made structure, even though it's high up. So you can easily go, let's lift our eyes to the king's blockhouse. You know, it's high. And lift it up, and it's the king's blockhouse. But God is higher. God is higher. And, uh, and that reassures us. It really should reassure us. God is higher. God is greater. Um, the angels... There's two responses. So this is very interesting. So we've got this scene. Isaiah, it's believed that he was in the temple, and God kind of gave him this vision. And, uh, and he, 
he saw God. He saw the well, he saw Jesus and the glory of God. And um, and there were two responses in the presence of God. The one was the angel's response, and the one was Isaiah's response in the presence of God. Now the angels they called out to one another, "Holy, holy, holy, is the Lord of hosts." The whole earth is full of his glory. And uh, the foundations of the threshold shook, and the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. Isaiah's response, and I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. <laughs> for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. What's interesting is, well, I'm just thinking a bit here, but when they called out to each other, the foundations shook. So either there was a lot of seraphim, like in a lot, <laughs> or uh, their voices were so loud that they shook the foundations. But it must have been an incredible experience to just, I mean, sensory experience, visual, feeling, uh, everything, like just, you know. And we'll see on one hand why God gave him this experience, and on the other hand, what it did for the rest of his ministry, for the rest of his life. Incredible. Three holies. So holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, or the Lord of hosts, Lord God Almighty. So re repetition in Scripture is very much to emphasize a point. Um, most of the time, actually pretty much almost all the time, it's only twice that they'll repeat a word before they say something very important. Now, in this scripture, it's three times. It's repeated three times. Um, one commentator actually said he wonders, just wondering, if it isn't a holy for each of the members of the Trinity, Holy Spirit, Holy Jesus, Holy Father. Um, I've always thought, like, I try and come back to this scripture often. Uh, I love worship. I love, yeah, I just love being in God's presence. And... Um, and I just think of the scripture often in terms of these beings flying around God's throne. And one thing I wondered was if they're not seeing different angles of God, and that's every time they cry out holy, they're seeing a different angle. They just go holy. And they fly around and they're just holy. And they're calling to each other. So they're also kind of saying to each other, whoa, look at this, you know. This is incredible. Holy, holy, holy. Um, so it's repeated here three times. And as I said, Revelation uh, 4 actually has what they think is also the seraphim, but they were called living creatures and uh, were living beings. So verse 8 says, Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Then in this scripture it says, The one who was who is and is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, uh, the one who lives forever and ever, uh, my scripture's cut off there. I don't know what I did. But uh, all the elders bow down. They cast their crowns before the Lord. So God is holy. God is holy. I remember... I got saved uh, like a long time ago now. <laughs> Very close here, Newlands Cricket Stadium. It was a Billy, uh, Franklin Graham event. 
he came to do a crusade. Uh, Michael W. Smith was doing the worship uh, from that. I've really enjoyed his music. Um, but I remember just early on in my Christian walk, struggling with his word holy, because you kind of, first of all, think, well, like Isaiah, which is probably a normal response, I'm definitely not holy. <laughs> I'm definitely not holy. But you're also going like, yo, but that like really separates us from God. Like, you know, it kind of feels like, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like, do we want to know this God that, that's kind of there? Uh, holy. What, what is holy? Um, well, at the, the epitome of, of holiness is purity. And God's pu- God is pure. He's He's pure. He is the epitome of purity. He is the definition of purity. And that won't change. He is pure. He's completely set apart from sin. Completely. He is majestic, glorious. He's holy. I love, and there's a few scriptures in the Psalms that speak about holiness and I've always loved this one, Psalm 96, verse 9, that says, Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. And that attracted me. That was kind of like, this is interesting, you know. Um, In another translation, it says, Worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. And again, I was like, okay, you know, it's beautiful. It's really, it's attractive. And uh, I know this, this has been used before, this little illustration, but I watched it again with my children the other day. I think it was Bug's Life, where the little mosquito thing flies into the light, or towards the light, and the, his friend says to him, don't do it. And he says, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> and, he, and he flies into the light, and obviously, psst, just like, <laughs> gets completely obliterated. Um, <laughs> In many, in many ways, it kind of feels like that with, with the beauty of His holiness. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, and we're attracted to it. Because he's, he's set apart. He's different. And He's huge. And He loves us. And we're going to get to that. But just mind, mind blown. Um, you know, what's very interesting in the midst of the scripture that kind of could get lost is the fact that um, Isaiah, or God through Isaiah, is, uh, is hammering on, the, he's the Lord of heaven's armies. Uh, what's very interesting is Uzziah, the king who had passed away, actually was famous in Israel's history, in Judah's history, for having a very strong army and a lot of like um, just technology that was very rare and new. Uh, so he had a great army, but then here God is being announced as the Lord of heaven's armies. Again, kind of playing them off against each other. I just thought of, uh, well, the next scripture in uh, Isaiah 6 is, the whole earth is full of his glory. And uh, the whole earth is full of his glory. That's interesting. Um, and the other day I came here to work a bit, and uh, we, with Rayno we walked around the property and talked a bit about the history of the property and how old this property is and it was one of the first buildings outside the castle. That's where the first, uh, you guys probably know the history by now, but where the first, uh, they call, it, call them the Freie Burgers. The, what is that, Etienne? Freie Burgers. It's like free burgers for everyone. <laughs> is it? 
where the first free burgers were handed out. So. Um, the, 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 the first years. Was the first the first? Steers. Oh, good. Okay, nice. Um, you should open a steers here then. I think you'll do very well, actually. Um, but the f first farmers, the first free citizens, pretty much, uh, in, the, in the Dutch, whatever you want to call it. The funny thing is that the, f what was it, the VOC, what is it, the Verenigde Oosterrijke Compagnie, that West Indies Compagnie, okay? It was impressive in size, okay? The British Empire was impressive in size. Shaka Zulu's kingdom was impressive in size, but it didn't span the whole world. It didn't span the whole world. God's kingdom spans the whole world. The whole earth is full of his glory. The whole earth, every single island, every single country, and everything is full of his glory. Psalm 72 Verse 19 says, Praise his glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. We move on to the next section where before Isaiah announces woes on anyone else, because he's going to, he first confesses his own, his own sin. He says, Woe is me. In the light of God's holiness and his glory, we are all filthy, and we are all lost. God's holiness humbles us. It really does. It humbles us. He says he's a man of unclean lips. And I've wondered about that. Like, what does that mean? And uh, Jesus actually in, in Matthew 15 gives us a great explanation of this. He says, but the words that you speak come from the heart. And that's what defiles you. So the words, your lips are actually just speaking what's in your heart. For from the heart comes evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander. From the heart, onto the mouth. So that's why he says he's a man of unclean lips. It's actually just saying our hearts are, are, are filthy. James 4, verse 10 I read this like many years ago, uh, amplified in an amplified version. Uh, the classic now it's called the classic edition on U version, um, but it's an incredible scripture. It's James four verse ten. I think you you, you would recognize it. It says, "Humble yourselves." Um, then in brackets, as the as the amplified does, <laughs> feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord, and He will exalt you. He will lift you up and make your lives significant. It's very, it's powerful. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, feeling very insignificant, and He will exalt you. He will lift you up and make your lives significant. And I think we all want significant lives. We all really want to have an impact. We want to do something for God. We want to have significance. Now, going on to the next section, I, well, I almost said I call it that, but I definitely didn't. Uh, the New Living Translation heading 
is the cleansing and the call. And it's, it's quite um, apt. So verse 6 just says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken from the tongs of the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. And I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, Go and say this to my people. What's interesting is uh, just the, the, the kind of word pictures. Um, Isaiah apparently was known as the Shakespeare of the Bible. <laughs> um, but he has the seraphim with a burning coal. So the seraphim is the burning one with a burning coal. So there's a lot of fire analogies, especially with judgment and purification, a lot of fire analogies in Isaiah. What's interesting about the altar, so he having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs, because that's very clever, off the altar. I don't know if you've ever tried to move a, a piece of live coal. It's amazing when you even stand on a burning coal, and it could be that small. <laughs> it's really sore. Um, anyway, so the, the altar, going back to the Moses' tabernacle and the, kind of the progression into the most holy place, the altar was the place of slaughter or sacrifice. It's the, so the coals, I mean, I'm kind of getting the picture that the coals would be covered in the blood of the sacrifice. How, how significant is that? I think it's significant that he brought the burning coal and he touched his mouth. So the blood of the sacrifice touched his mouth. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. You are purged. And suddenly... We're in the, I will remind you, we're in the Old Testament here. We're in the Old Testament. We're 750 years before Jesus. But here's a, a beautiful picture of what was going to come. And a God that has not changed. He was a saving God from the beginning. And he's a saving God today and he'll always be a saving God. Isaiah 57 Incredible scripture. Uh, I only found it when I was studying a bit of the scripture. Um, yeah, one of the cross-references. Isaiah 57 verse 15. Sorry, I haven't got all the scriptures up. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one. Now I'll stop there and say that there's a few themes and kind of names and things that Isaiah uses right through the book. And the one is the Holy One of Israel. It's his name for God. The Holy One of Israel. So he says, A high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the Holy One says this, I live in a high and holy place with those spirits whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. That's incredible. So inside the holiness of God is the grace of God. Inside the holiness of God is the mercy of God, which is incredible. I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble and restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. 
I'll move on from there. So the last section is so interesting. He says, so God says, who will go for us? Straight away, the apologist in me goes, us? Okay, there's something interesting, kind of alluding to the plurality, well, some kind of plurality. There's no plurality. Plurality. God is one. God is one, but he's three persons. Um, there's actually a great YouTube clip. Um, he's passed away since then, but Nabil Koresh, uh, he was one of the itinerant uh, ministers with Ravi Zacharias, and he's got a really, really good explanation on the Trinity, kind of his, how he understands the Trinity. It's very hard to understand how the Trinity works, but he's got a great one if you want to go check that out. Who will go for us? Isaiah, having beholded the God's holiness, purity, and glory, he's now redeemed. He signs up to be God's prophet and to speak on his behalf. What's interesting is that in a lot of the calls of God on, on people's lives in the Old Testament, a lot of the people, um, God would say, I want you. I want, you know, I want you to go for me. And a lot of those people would be resistant, and a lot of them would negotiate with him. Or like, uh, oh, you know, let's, what can we do here? Or, you know, I don't know, I'm not too sure, you know, I, you know, I, have, I can't speak very well, or whatever. Um, Isaiah is different. Isaiah goes, here I am, <laughs> send me, you know. It's incredible. And I can only think that it has a lot to do with this, this vision that he's just had, this experience of the majesty of God, his holiness, his, 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 uh, yeah, just his majesty. And, uh, and then, uh, obviously, like, the response, his response, natural response is, woe is me, you know, I'm a man with filthy lips. And then the redemption that comes, the purging. And he is, he is, he's redeemed. And when God says, who will go for me? He says, I will go. I've seen the king. I've seen the king and he saved me. I will go. Fun, where it takes a turn is, is Isaiah's actual ministry. This, this section of, uh, I read just now, keep on hearing but don't understand, keep on seeing but do not perceive. Make the heart of the people dull. Very strange. It's what God called him to. He called him to a ministry of actually almost shutting down people's ability to believe in God. It looks like that. It looks like that. Apparently, a lot of commentators go, the people were so far from God that it's almost like they were, they were never going to seek God. They were never honestly coming back to God. And uh, Isaiah was almost just sealing those lives. Which is, it sounds awful. Now what's interesting at the end of the scripture is obviously the, holy, the stump. When you cut down a tree and you don't take out the roots, the stump is still there. And then he speaks later in Isaiah about the remnant and uh, the branch. And uh, it's beautiful, just the, the redemption that comes later. But what's, what I kind of take away from this calling to this very strange ministry is that 
we will go where you send us. We will say what you want us to say. And you, we will do what you want us to do. And we will leave the results up to you. It's, it's yours. You called us and we will walk with you and we will do what you want us to do. Say what you want us to say. Go where you want us to go. And we will leave the rest up to you. Because I've seen you. I've seen the king. His vision was truly unforgettable. And it was enough motivation to get him into his office and into his calling. So let's all stand together. I think for me, four things kind of speak to my life, and I trust that it will speak to all of our lives. The first thing is having a grand vision of God, having a vision of God that just is massive, <laughs> that is huge. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. And that comes over time, I think. Sometimes God does grace us with an, with, with an experience where we see a glimpse of that. But we've got to, it's, a, it's a discipline for us. We've got to really grow in seeing God more and more as He is. And we've got to say, God, I want to see you as you are. The first song we sang, actually, Hosanna. When I see you, I find strength to face the day. We want to see you, God. Number two, sincere vulnerability and quick to repent. We are redeemed when we trust in Christ, but we still go on making mistakes. Let's be quick to repent. Let's be quick. Let's humble ourselves and go, listen, you know, he's the one. He's the great one. He's huge. He's massive. And let's, let's be quick to repent. help others around us also to do the same number three celebrate the gospel message <laughs> the good news of what Jesus has done celebrate it it's amazing it's amazing and number four passionately go out for him here I am Lord send me here I am those are my four takeaways Let's just pray. Oh Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, just for your incredible love for us, God, and your mercy, how you love us. God, and as Reina just started, God, even after the worship, saying, in Hebrews it says that we can run into the throne room of grace run into the throne room of grace the door is open incredible Lord thank you Father we bring you our hearts this morning God we bring you our lives this morning Lord and without you God we still say woe is me without you Lord but God we thank you for the privilege that, that 
Many of us have come to know you. Some of us who don't know you, Lord, I pray, God, that they would see you high and lifted up. Let them see you, Lord. But God, we thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy.